Hello and welcome back to Movies on My Mind. I'm Rosie and today I am going to tackle a trilogy. So not just one film, three. Okay, so I was thinking, what is the perfect kind of trilogy of films to kind of give this a go with? So I have chosen the first three Pirates of the Caribbean films. Now for me, those three kind of represent just one storyline saga across the three films. So that's why I chose those. I actually have not seen any of the other Pirates of the Caribbean films, but those for me are the three kind of main ones. So when I think of Pirates of the Caribbean, I think of those three. I need to watch the other ones, I suppose. Although the director changes as well, so... Yeah, I take this as kind of the trilogy and then the others are kind of like other stuff. Other cool stuff going on, that's what the others are. So this is going to be crazy because I've never actually done three films before. I don't know how long I'm going to be talking for. I don't know whether this is going to be part one, part two. I don't know. So I'm just going to see. And yeah, so I've watched the three films again to prepare for this. Uh, I've made loads of notes and yeah... I guess we'll see how this goes. So in the Pirates of the Caribbean, the first three films, we have The Curse of the Black Pearl, which came out in 2003, Dead Man's Chest in 2006, and then in 2007, At World's End. The films within the trilogy are all directed by Gore Verbinski or Gore, I don't know how you say his name. He's a cool name. So they're all directed by the same guy, which kind of puts them stylistically in the same place. However, they're all very chaotic and that's why I love this trilogy so for one yes it is incredibly chaotic and crazy um I think as well these films are very expensive and you can definitely tell that so everything kind of holds up even now which is great it's just kind of fun like I I don't see this as a serious very I don't know pure cinema trilogy it's like it's just fun and very I just love how chaotic the storyline gets is again probably one of my favorite things because out of like any movie ever what kind of franchise has a storyline as like complicated and mad so i don't even know what i'm gonna start with but i think i'm just kind of gonna go one film at a time and then if i want to talk about the franchise as a whole i will end up doing that super excited um i made loads of notes so i'm just gonna find them right now okay we've also got a great cast in this film of course the main players that we have are of course johnny depp as jack sparrow which is one of his most iconic characters he has ever played. I was talking about Johnny Depp just last episode because I did an episode on Alice in Wonderland. I've also done th how many other episodes with him in. Two other previous episodes as well with him in because he was in Edward Scissorhands and Sleepy Hollow. So I've done loads of Johnny Depp episodes by accident. Didn't mean to do that, but he just keeps popping up. So Jack Sparrow is one of his most famous roles ever and is incredibly iconic and I'm gonna kind of gonna go into his character and just kind of how I see the progression of his character and just kind of things he does and, and why Johnny Depp can make him so likable because surely on paper this character doesn't seem to be the most likable person ever. We, we see him get away with stuff, we see him betray people and then regain their trust, just things like that that wouldn't happen, things that wouldn't happen in real life, we wouldn't allow people to kind of and keep getting away with that and go oh that's just classic Jack Sparrow that wouldn't happen in real life and that is why I really like his character because it's so unconventional um but fits this these films perfectly the other main guys we have is we have Keira Knightley as Elizabeth Swan 
Now, I don't... My thoughts on that character. I don't love Elizabeth Swan's character. She has never... I've never liked her. Throughout the three films, there is very small moments in which I go, oh, she's kind of okay. I don't know why that is, and I'm trying to work that out. Is that because they didn't write her character that well? Or is that because of Keira Knightley and how she portrayed her? And it just didn't... That wasn't the way I wanted her to? I don't know. I think she's a controversial character. I I don't know whether... You kind of want to. You're supposed to like her. But I never root for her, which is not that good. I don't think that's a good thing. I think we're supposed to root for her, but we don't really. Um, And then we have Orlando Bloom as Will Turner. Now, I don't like Will Turner's character either. He's really annoying, but to be fair, he kind of fits into the narrative a little bit better than Elizabeth Swan's character because that's the whole point. And then when you see kind of his resolution at the end... Uh, at World's End, the last film, it does make sense that he ends up where he ends up because that just makes sense about his character. And does that make him an annoying person? 100%. But he's where he should be at the end, which is kind of satisfying. And then we also have characters like Captain Barbosa, who is played by Jeffrey Rush. Amazing, absolutely amazing. He is, he is a pirate if I ever did see one. He is a recurring character and he ends up being kind of a main player by the end, although he does die in the first film. So it's all a bit crazy. It's why I love how chaotic this film is. So yeah love those guys. Um, we have as well Jack Davenport playing James Norrington. Now, the more I watched Pirates of the Caribbean, the more I realised that his character needed to be in it more. 100%. I think out of the characters that we have, I think that, like, we needed... I don't know what we needed was Norrington, okay, guys? We needed more of him. Um, respect. He did... He was too... He's too good for the Pirates of the Caribbean, obviously. Then we have um, Mackenzie Crook and Lee Orenberg playing Pintel and Rigetti, who are really great, objective little crew members. Love that. What I would like from this is, hmm, more to do with the crew. Sometimes it feels, to be fair, the crew does keep dropping like flies and then re-merging from the ashes. Like, I get it. But you could make a version of these films where the crew is, like, the main thing. Because I think it's fascinating. Because they're literally random people. And I just think that's hilarious. That could be really good. You know what I'm saying? However, the crew does always get overlooked, of course. And it's giving Greatest Showman vibes. So, like, you have, like, the main guy who's the Greatest Showman and then he's just a random group of people doing the shows for him. But we only care about the main guy. So, you know, I want to have a little bit of crew action going on and those those are kind of kind of the main the main kind of players the main characters that we see that recur throughout now our villains change so in the first film our villain is norrington again i think he needed to be a better villain in the first film because he's actually not a villain i don't see him as he's not a very good villain but he's the first villain if that makes sense um and then the second film, we get Davy Jones's character, who's played by Bill Nye, iconic. I absolutely love Bill Nye, so amazing. Um, he so Davy Jones is like this. I'll kind of get into it when I talk about the second film, but he's like this squid guy who is being made immortal, and he his job is to like ferry dead souls who die at sea to like the afterlife, because Davy Jones's locker is like a metaphor for the seabed. So he's turned into an actual character, and then 
the last film our villain guy is tom hollander who's perfect i love him i will talk about his character at the end of the third film but perfect i think he's a perfect villain in the third film but david jones is also there too so we have kind of like loads of villains but it's crazy and you know who's the main character who is the villain it's actually unclear because it gets very chaotic. Anyway, let me talk about the first film. So the first film is called The Curse of the Black Pearl. Now, the names of the films are incredibly basic. It is literally about the curse of the Black Pearl. That's it, that's the whole film in a nutshell, which is a perfect name, perfect name, I love it. So what happens in that film is we get introduced to everybody and everyone's kind of like, living their life. Elizabeth Swan is the governor's daughter. The governor, played by Jonathan Price, I think that's his name. Let me just double check. He's the guy from, yeah, Jonathan Price. Now I've been watching Game of Thrones recently and he's the guy who's like the high sparrow guy. And I cannot look at him the same since I've watched Game of Thrones now. He just annoys me so much. But yeah, no, he's in this and he's the governor. His daughter is Elizabeth Swan and they kind of work with it's all like colonizers basically. They work with James Norrington guy. Um, he's the Commodore. That's kind of a word that's thrown around a lot. So he's like, uh, he's up there in the ranks. They want, like, they kind of want Elizabeth and Norrington to be a thing, uh, but she doesn't like him. She's kind of in love with Will, who was this guy who they found on a shipwreck with a like a medallion around his neck, which is a pirate medallion. And it's part of this like gold shit that's been blood cursed. Uh, and it's all linked to the Black Pearl, which is a pirate ship. And on this pirate ship, everyone is dead. And yeah, everyone is dead on this ship because they were consumed by greed. So much so that they found all this treasure and then ended and like entered into this blood pact. So they cannot feel, they cannot live, they cannot die. They're kind of like in a purgatory hell situation where they cannot do anything but just exist. And they sail the seas, um, causing havoc, causing mayhem. Captain Barbosa is the captain of this ship. So Jack Sparrow turns up at the beginning of this film as a random guy and he kind of gets thrown in with the other characters because Elizabeth falls off a- it's- this is- this is insane. Like I'm gonna talk about the characters of these films. She falls off a cliff into the sea, as you do. Then Jack Sparrow goes and saves her because he sees it as an opportunity to gain some sort of freedom because that's kind of his thing. Anyway, he realises she has this medallion that she took from Will because she just liked it. I'm guessing. Why else would you just take someone's like pirate? Oh, she didn't want him to be seen as a pirate. Piracy is illegal, by the way. So he sees the medallion. He's like, oh, I've seen that before. Um, that's important. I kind of need that right now. And then they imprison Jack. The Black Pearl comes to like wherever they're living. It's like this random place that's just been colonized. Jack's pirate's in the cells. And then like the, the Black Pearl people are like, well, they want to find this piece of gold that Elizabeth has because they need it to end the pact and become alive again. This has taken really long to explain. Anyway, they capture Elizabeth, they actually get her, and they take her to the ship and they go, uh, and she's like, parlay. And they're like, okay, cool, take her to the ship. And then they're like, okay, so you said parlay, so what do you want then? And she's like, oh, I want to make a bargain. Obviously, they break the bargain take her because she has the piece and then she says her name is elizabeth turner 
foreshadowing instead of her actual name and because will turner is actually a pirate like a pirate like his dad was a pirate and on like another ship famous pirate guy they're like oh my god you're the daughter because she's like a similar age to him and they take her so they just take her off and she's like oh you broke the agreement and like we're pirates we're pirates bro that's what we do. So they take her off. Jack Sparrow's in his cell. And then Will Turner, find, they all find out that Elizabeth's been taken. So they go crazy. Will Turner gets really mad because he's like in love with her or something. And he's like, oh my God, I'm going to find her. I'm going to go and find her on this pirate ship. So he tries to do that. Then to find out, because Jack Sparrow knew what was going on. And he sensed that. He goes to Jack Sparrow and he goes, what's going on? Who are these pirates? Take me to them. And he's like, mm, no. And then he works out that he's Will Turner. And he goes, oh, so your dad was... Your dad was William Turner too, Bill Turner. He's like, yeah, that was my dad. And he's like, I knew your dad. He's a pirate and he's called Bootstrap Bill and he's played by Stellan Skarsgård. And he's like, okay, cool. But Jack Sparrow does not tell Will that he is gonna be the blood sacrifice to end the curse. What? So then they go on a mission to try and get Elizabeth. But Will is going on the mission to save Elizabeth. Jack is going on the mission to kill Will and then get his... To be fair, when I first watched this film, I don't think I fully grasped what was going on. Oh yeah, Jack wants the Black Pearl back. Sorry guys, he was the old captain. Then the crew, the, whatever the word mutiny means, the crew like rose up against him, um, banished him what's the world called marooned him on like an island and left him and then he somehow survived and he came back and they don't know he's not dead so jack sparrow wants his ship back and he thinks he can get his ship back yeah he just wants a ship back so that is the mission they're going on but jack sparrow does not tell that to will because that is how this whole thing works no one speaks to anyone about anything so that is why it's so crazy anyway so that is kind of the plot of what happens there thereabouts we have kind of norrington interfering he's wanting to stop the piracy so they've got to kind of run away from those guys as well so then there's a lot of double crossing happening where jack sparrow is like okay right i'm gonna use these uh military guys and i'm gonna tell them that they could stop this black pearl completely if they knew that this curse was gonna break and they could kill everyone it's like there's that going on but at the same time He'll be in the cave with Captain Barbosa just as they're about to do their sacrifice. And he's like, wait, bro, there's some people waiting outside for you. So it's like a triple crossing everybody, which is really funny. And so that kind of like carries on throughout the film. Yeah. And, and by the end, spoilers, um, <laughs> the, the curse is broken. The curse is broken and they do kill. Well, they do shoot Captain Barbosa to get the Black Pearl, which is the main kind of goal of the film, is the Black Pearl ship. Unless you're Will Turner and your, male, your main goal is to get Elizabeth. So yeah, that's kind of like what happens in the first film and it's, it's really crazy and everything happens. And yeah, it hurts my brain, but I love it. What I think was really interesting as well in terms of like Elizabeth's character as much as I dislike her is she starts off the film as like a possession. So Norrington wants her to increase his happiness in life because one, he's got this massive position. He's got everything that he wants and to make his life even more perfect, why would you not want to add a wife to that? So to make his life worthwhile, that's why he chooses Elizabeth and goes, oh, perfect, nice, let's just do that. And then I've done everything in my life. 
so he sees her as a career progression basically will does kind of is like in love with elizabeth to start with but like he's kind of pining and it's annoying <laughs> how many times can i say that um no it's kind of like does he really know her is he just like idolizing her and that's where the kind of issues begin with everyone's relationships with each other is everyone has an idea of who each person is but everyone is always wrong again which is what i love and i think that sometimes i'm like oh maybe this character wasn't written very well maybe there just isn't like enough to be said about this etc etc or maybe there's just not enough screen time but then at the same time it's like yes but it's supposed to be chaotic so i can kind of agree with the fact that it still is chaotic and we don't have all of that information because you know if you're talking about real life you're not going to have that information because everyone always leads with their own agenda and this really takes into the spotlight so much so that you actually have to really follow closely otherwise you it will go over your head that's how kind of how i feel about the plot is that it's so like there's so many double crossings going on that you have to know very clearly which character wants what so then you can understand why they keep doing this to each other like for example elizabeth has this obsession with pirates ever since that she was younger because we see at the start of the film there's like a flashback scene and she's on the ship and you know she sees will now will is her first kind of what's the word like running with a pirate because he wears this like medallion thing so for, for all she's aware he's a pirate right so in her head she's already then linked people like will to pirates and will is the least like a pirate out of all of them because he just always goes <laughs> very much about what his heart wants what he's trying to achieve he's he's quite obvious you can quite obviously see what he's gonna do so he's not really like a pirate he he wouldn't he doesn't like it when people betray him he doesn't like it when people double cross him he kind of at the start of the films anyway he does take it very personally the fact that elizabeth sees pirates as like that and then she meets someone like jack sparrow and if we want to put will and jack sparrow next to each other they are completely different um so for for elizabeth to go from that to that her idea of piracy and her idea of kind of this kind of thing that she's idolized and fantasized about isn't actually real because it's all a load of lies and she discovers that very quickly for example with the parlay thing she's like parlay parlay and they're like um what you'd think they would have to like <laughs> the whole pirate code thing uh, you'd think they'd have to you know they'd, they'd you know abide by the codes but she doesn't understand that not everyone's like will like will if he was a pirate there would abide to his pirate code that would be his duty um and he would take that and that would be his thing however this is not will turner we're talking about this is like an actual pirate <laughs> and he's like um no i just don't want to follow the code today and i'm allowed to do that so there you go and she realizes very quickly that that is not true that's not that's not her idea um again same for will's idea of elizabeth he really idealizes her and he sees her in a different way because what happens at the end of like the black pearl is elizabeth starts to kind of see herself as a person and not as an object she's treated as an object by her father and also by norrington and then when she's having to work with these pirates they just see her as a means to an end which is what everyone sees each other as and it's what can i get out of it so it's kind of giving her agency in the fact that she can manipulate people to get what she wants um, and she can do whatever she wants basically 
and she can have whatever she wants. There isn't any particular rules because they're all broken and everything's illegal. So that's kind of freeing. However, in Will's eyes, Will sees Elizabeth as like his savior, as um, a lady, as a highborn person. He's looking up to her. However, when she starts being all piratey and like double crossing everyone, he gets a shock of his life because that's the love of his life. All of a sudden, doing some shit he doesn't like and goes against him. He can't understand that, takes it very personally. So they have like arguments and shit. That is what happens all the way through. And <laughs> it's just so chaotic. Jack Sparrow, on the other hand, is kind of above all of that because that's all he's been doing his entire life, comes very naturally to him. Double crossing five people at once. I don't know how he does it, it's insane. But yeah, so he kind of gives, he's a bad influence on literally everybody here. What else can I talk about here in the actual film? I like the whole supernatural element that they kind of give to this film. So you have like the ghost ship, the like when moonlight hits you can see they're actually like dead whereas not in the moonlight they look like normal people that kind of adds a bit of spookiness to the whole affair which is very exciting and cool uh, again absolutely love captain Barbosa. i love just the greed the like no empathy absolutely no emotion just pure like sin like yeah I love that character and I love the the fact that they're they they fit into this film. They fit into this film whereas I feel like in any other kind of film these characters that have no emotion have no kind of just literally are out for personal gain and and that's it. Not even to survive like you've got to be stooping pretty low for that. They fit very well into this environment and in any other kind of setting it wouldn't make sense. So I like the whole, whole ghost thing, I love the whole blood pack thing. The supernatural thing as well is nice. To be fair, I think they could have made The Black, Curse of the Black Pearl into more of an Elizabeth film because it is literally her kind of gaining some agency. I could have made that into a bigger deal, I think that would have been kind of cool, but I don't know whether I love her character. Both Will and Elizabeth have been seen as objects and as assets to other people, which I think is interesting. It kind of puts them in the same thing, so we're more likely to ship them, I think. Oh, not the pun. Ship them. That's so... <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. I don't ship Elizabeth and Will. I'm sorry. Feel like, do they need more chemistry or what is it? But at the same time, they can't have too much chemistry, otherwise we'd be angry all the time because they'd be double-crossing each other. So I feel like you could do, and I'll talk about this with the third film, but I feel like there could have been more world building, but at the same time, these films are quite long as they are. I don't know what it is. Sometimes I feel like I need more awareness about this kind of world, but at the same time, we come into this world as like, kind of like as Elizabeth, she's just all of a sudden jumped on a pirate ship one day. And then that's kind of how her journey starts. Yeah, I also said here, she's also allowed this life because she she just leaves she just like runs away classic but she's i feel like in some ways she's only allowed the audacity of this life because of her status and because of her favor with the guys i don't know whether this would be the same for anybody else but like there is a little bit of kind of like privilege that comes with elizabeth's character which again does there need to be yeah, I also talk about, like, the devil and stuff. So, 
basically there are a lot of kind of things that are thrown around so like that they talk about so they talk about like old hob or davy jones davy jones's locker for example so the black the curse of the black pearl is kind of like hell being produced into a real thing in terms of this ship where they're all like in pain and they're all like undead kind of thing and they're all cursed and etc um so old hob is an old word for the devil or satan which is talked about and then also davy jones's locker which i said is like the you know metaphor for the seabed so when what i think is interesting is when you think of it in in the sea when something sinks like we can't see it on the surface but it doesn't go anywhere which is the scariest thing when things like just fall to the bottom of the ocean they don't go anywhere they just stay on the seabeds um so that's why people come up with the whole davy jones locker idea because it's almost as if the seabed being i mean if you're talking about closer to hell then yeah definitely um there's kind of that there because we're at the bottom of the seabed and in, in, in some areas that's incredibly low down <laughs> um incredibly deep so in some ways it is kind of like a weird hell and i think if i was on a ship as a pirate for like how long these guys are on ships for i would be very terrified of that that would be quite scary to be sailing that and that being your fate because where else do you go like there's no land it's just sea like that's scary so as well david jones's locker is like the afterlife of objects that fall beneath the sea because they don't go anywhere so it's kind of like a purgatory and that's why they kind of have this davy jones character that or this like davy jones story in which you know somebody has to ferry them from the bottom of the ocean to heaven or hell because they're kind of stuck in this purgatory state and it's not seen as a nice thing to be stuck at the bottom of a seabed it's kind of like you have nowhere else to go so i did some research on to because we're going on to the second film soon who is davy jones is he a real person what happened why do people talk about him so um there isn't nobody actually knows if he was a pirate if he was a person no one is quite sure however there was this one story that people think is interesting and basically there was a british pub owner called davy jones and he would get his customers drunk imprison them and then sell them as slaves to harboring ships which is crazy and then he later became a pirate so that is absolutely insane and it is a nice kind of like it does link up to in this film davy jones you know ferrying souls to the afterlife in a kind of nicer way but he was getting people drunk and then selling them off as slaves um so he was kind of transferring he was the middleman just as davy jones is i'm now going to lead on to the second film so that was the first film full of chaos um, a lot of crazy stuff going on and then also to kind of round it off elizabeth's character falls at the start and then jack's character falls at the end so i like how we're linking those two characters because those aren't two characters we would link but they do get linked also elizabeth falling is kind of her literal fall from grace she's deciding she wants to be a pirate she doesn't want this life um, she has everything set up for her but she's kind of rejecting it so she just falls and the same with jack although he's already kind of i don't know how much lower he can go but i think at the end him falling into the ocean is kind of like yeah he can he can still be worse he can still be worse and worse he is that is true okay the next film dead man's chest now again this one is pretty 
you know, it's named very obviously because this is the whole film with Davy Jones in and Davy Jones's like locker and his little chest that he has, which is literally a dead man's chest. So, and if you were to stab the heart in the chest, you would be a dead man. Okay, so what goes on in this film? Now, this one is probably the hardest plot to explain. I'm not quite sure everything that went on in this film, but this film begins... Let me try and remember. I think it's kind of like... Oh yeah. So, at the end of the first film, Elizabeth and Will do this thing where they're like, oh my god, we're gonna get married. So they're going to have their wedding, but... Okay, so we do get... He's called Cutler Beckett or Lord Beckett. So Tom Hollander's character is the villain in the third film mainly. Yeah, I don't know whether I talked about it, but he kind of comes in on the second film. Because I was like, I'm confused. Anyway, that makes sense then. So Elizabeth and Will are going to get married. Just before they get married, um, Lord Beckett's character is like, "Uh, you're arrested. You're illegal. You are going to die. And he imprisons Will and basically all of them because they're pirates yeah so basically norrington he failed his mission to catch jack sparrow yeah we have a new guy in town and his name is lord beckett it's a very dramatic kind of scene it's raining the wedding has been cancelled so we have loads of things introduced into this film and i'm just trying to kind of like work it out so we have like the thunder and lightning as well so it's chaos it's gonna get worse um it's very ominous gonna be dealing with higher powers in this film which is true we're kind of like everyone who was the evil person in the first film is kind of gonna be worse i'm sorry but i have completely forgotten the start of the film but they run away and they run away again because they have to run away again because Lord Beckett is going to come and get them and he's going to come and kill them all, which is not good. He's quite ruthless. We see him murder people, so it's a bit scary. Um, we know that he's taking no shit. He's not going to be making this mistakes Norrington made. He's not in love with any of them, so he can't win any of their favours. He is going to be a hard lord to impress. And he also wants total control of the seas, which is not good. And the one thing he wants is... Davy Jones. He wants Davy Jones and he wants Davy Jones's locker because Davy Jones controls the sea. He does not stop anywhere in his ship, if that makes sense. He does not port anywhere. He just, he doesn't, he is not his job. His job is to ferry souls from the bottom of the sea to the afterlife with his crew of things. Now, Davy Jones didn't used to be a squid man. He used to be a person. However, he did not do his job properly, which meant that he got all of this sea stuff on kind of like Voldemort kind of thing this growth and his whole crew also turned like that too so in a way Davy Jones's ship is like the bottom of the ocean Davy Jones's whole backstory is that he's like in love with Calypso this like sea god thing goddess now I did some research on Calypso and I will talk more about it with the third film but Calypso is wasn't anyone very exciting however she did have a thing with odysseus who was a greek hero and she kind of imprisoned him on this island because he wanted to go home and she did not want him to go home and she tried to you know persuade him she promised him immortality but he wouldn't have it he wanted to go home anyway this is very similar to the calypso story within davy jones although it's kind of a bit more further in the fact that Calypso did give Davy Jones some sort of immortality, but it was kind of like a backstabbing betrayal of her 
doing that. So his heart has been taken out. And I think he took his out his heart out for her and put it in his chest and he can see her every ten years or something like that. Um and his job is to ferry these souls. But he's not been doing his job properly. So the whole mission of this film is many missions. <laughs> um where in the fact that Elizabeth Swan wants to get married to Will, wants Will back. Um however the new guy in town, Lord Beckett, is like I want David Jones and I want his ship and I need this to get to this. So the whole thing is to find this chest that has David Jones's heart in it. And the thing that is most interesting is Jack Sparrow has this compass, this really cool compass thing, where it tells you what you most want in this world. This is very similar, I believe, to the alethiometer in Northern Lights um in his dark materials it's quite a similar thing although jetsboro has a literal compass that just points in the direction of what he wants and lord beckett wants that because then if he can find that compass then he can find if he really wants david jones jones's ship he will be able to find it because the compass will lead him to it because he doesn't know where it is because he's just a silly old english man they now have the black pearl with them so they can sail away on a ship which is good it all starts to go bad from there, to be fair. Because you think, oh my god, they're going to be working together again. Elizabeth is separated from the group. Will goes with Jack on their ship. However, they reach a point in which Jack betrays Will and tricks him onto David Jones's ship. Because David Jones also wants Jack Sparrow because doesn't everybody want Jack Sparrow in this film? Everyone is after him. Everyone wants to kill him. So he decides to to just trick Will into going on the ship. We have Elizabeth who is left behind and trying to make a deal with the Lord Beckett guy. And then you have... I'm going to have to reread the plot. <laughs> what the hell? My brain's not working right now. We also have a Kraken. So the big sea monster appears in this film and it kind of works with Ford Davy Jones, uh, which makes sense because visually the Kraken's a big like octopus squid thing. Um, it looks very similar to Davy Jones's face and it kind of makes sense that they work together. Um, but it destroys ships and it's been destroying ships all over the world. And again, that's another reason why Lord Beckett wants to get rid of it and wants to get rid of Davy Jones because well, he doesn't want to get rid of him. He kind of wants to use him. Um, because he doesn't want that happening, because any precious cargo, for example, won't get ruined and he doesn't have to worry about the Kraken coming to get him. There's also a key. Yes, there's a key. There's a picture of a key that they use because they need to find a key for the chest to open up the chest. So yeah, so everyone's kind of, so people are after the key, people are after the compass, people are after the chest. Insane, honestly, really crazy and I think I'm gonna have to have a break in a second because I have literally just spoken about this for ages and my brain is kind of hurting okay, so I'm just gonna carry on from where I left off which I don't even know where that was Will is on the David Jones's ship so he discovers kind of like what that's like compared to the previous kind of Black Pearl crew now these guys seem to be scarier um and also he meets his father who is Bootstrap Bill who is Stan Skarsgård and he's kind of like got loads of like crusty stuff around him and he's kind of 
merging into the ship as so everyone is and that ship is then kind of metaphorically merging to the bottom of the sea as Davy Jones continues to not do as he's supposed to do or kind of bend the rules because he's a pirate right? I don't know whether Davy Jones is a pirate or a sailor. It doesn't really say but he's kind of definitely turning himself into a pirate. So Davy Jones has a really cool organ unrelated but cool um who he plays he kind of has his own theme in terms of the music of the film and it kind of just shows his angst (laughs) he's quite angsty he yeah he's quite formidable but he has an achilles heel definitely and it's quite obvious as to what that is which is different to captain barbosa who i don't believe actually would have an achilles heel as much a different kind of one to david jones so then we have like this idea that kind of jack's cursed and he has like this um black spot giving dumbledore in uh, harry potter but <laughs> he has this black spot in his hand like oh my god his time's running out so we have that to play for as well um he then kind of has a mental breakdown and joins a cannibalistic tribe and it is within that whole sequence that we realize that the east indian trading company which is controlled by Lord Beckett, has got its ties in a lot of places, including supplying those cannibals with some stuff. Um, I don't know whether that's just implied or it could be an idea, but yeah, we kind of have like um, weird things that link that whole company with like the whole sea and everything in that sea, not just actual physical things, but also the supernatural as well, which makes them again quite scary. They kind of escape the tribe and then everyone kind of joins again. So Elizabeth joins loads of crews and then ends up seeing them again. Norrington returns, although he is feeling a little uh, worse for wear. He joins Jack Sparrow's crew and he's in his anti-hero era. Love that for him. I think he was always in his anti-hero era, but he's kind of having a bit of a redemption at this point. It's kind of changing sides a little bit and he's not quite sure where he's going, but you know, he means well. However, he wants the chest. Actually, he doesn't mean well. He wants the chest to then take it to Lord Beckett and go, here's the chest. Can I have my position back? Because he misses his little home comforts. Because he's not looking like he's had a bath in a while. Thinking about David Jones's little melody on the organ does relate to kind of, it's like giving gothic, giving funeral-esque. That's kind of his job. He's concerned with that kind of mortality, but then the lack of it. Um, So that nicely ties in there. Very nice aesthetic choice. Didn't realize that we have jack kind of like having kind of he's having these thoughts about death he is very much scared of death and i think that that is again one of his prime needs as a character is he doesn't he's terrified of death so that's why he keeps escaping it every single time and then he has this kind of black spot in his hand so he's gonna get a little bit more feral he's gonna get a little bit more crazy with his backstabbing and all that stuff because he has he has something that suggests that his time is running out. The new authority as well that's coming after them is not just Davy Jones, but it's also the, like, Lord Beckett Company guys. And their kind of violence is matching the pirate violence. So they're, like, actually stabbing people and hanging people and all that kind of stuff. So they are in some ways as bad as the pirates, which is interesting because we didn't really have that before with Norrington's horrific leadership. We have then a love triangle that's set up. Well, I don't know what we can call it, the dynamic between um, Jack Sparrow, Elizabeth and Will. Will and Elizabeth are always a thing. However, Jack Sparrow kind of comes in and does some kind of messing that up because Jack is, he is not 
an easily controlled man he's often very drunk and elizabeth finds it funny to kind of like manipulate him and she uses her kind of femininity to her advantage and kind of challenges him and how far he will go so basically with that compass there's a whole like bit where jack is looking and he's like what do i want most and it points to where elizabeth is standing and then when she takes the compass it points to where jack is standing so they have this whole kind of weird thing in which they're like oh my god do we just want each other that's so weird that's wrong that shouldn't be right and then that kind of dynamic is a little bit weird but it's quite funny until we realize that jack wants the key and elizabeth no sorry wrong way around elizabeth wants the key that jack has and jack wants the chest that elizabeth was near so that's when we realize that they're actually was not necessarily true it's just so many like chaotic things happening like we have like a shot where jack falls into an open grave and he's just like okay cool so you know it's all about but it's not like okay cool it's kind of a bit like that i think it's always hinted that death is jack sparrow's biggest fear and it's kind of all around him and that's when he starts acting out it's because he just wants to escape this death he just can't deal with the fact that he might die what i think is really funny is then uh, will and norrington have a big fat fight on well will norrington and jack sparrow have this massive fight about the chest and whatever and it's just very ridiculous and funny and there's like a big wheel that they have like it's like really famous scenes it's ridiculous and they're having a fight on this massive like wheel which would totally be impossible in real life however it just fits this film for me i think it's quite symbolic in the fact that will and norrington are having this fight because like what in the last film that wouldn't ever happen not in that way and it just shows how will is kind of on top of his wheel of fortune you know like he's found his dad he's not dead yet he has elizabeth he has everything that he wants as a pirate or wherever he is and then norrington is literally at the bottom of the wheel like my fortunes are the worst are um i don't have any money i don't have any clothes this is crazy so it just shows how their fates have been kind of reversed by this again it adds to this kind of like changeable theme that happens throughout all of these films which is so changeable i mean they're on the sea it makes sense of how their kind of morals their loyalties everything is so changeable like nothing is ever set in stone oh and also i've got this thing like where do will and elizabeth learn to sail because i don't think they had sailing lessons i would not know how to sail a ship so i don't understand how they just jump on the ship and go right okay i know what i'm doing like what little bit realistic it's okay this all leads up to then the end of the film in which they need to kill jack basically because davy jones is after him and they think that davy jones and the kraken will leave them alone if they can kill jack and jack is also the source of all their issues so elizabeth decides to betray jack at the end of the film in which she like seduces him kisses him and then like gets the handcuffs and handcuffs him to the ship and then leaves <laughs> and then leaves the like kraken to eat him it's kind of a big moment of their characters because we're actually seeing not jack betraying this time we're actually seeing elizabeth do the betraying one thing that i find the funniest about it though is she gets back in the boat and then will is like looking at her like um what did you just kiss another man why did you kiss him? like he doesn't even question like why she's doing it he just sees it and goes ew does that mean you don't love me anymore and then he has like a massive strop anyway then this is the big thing at the end the literal like big fat kraken jack goes to like slay it but he knows he's not gonna win and he just kind of like it's kind of like this fear of 
like he's he's worked up all this fear and then all of a sudden he's like okay i'll just die then he has no choice he's been literally trapped he tries to get out but he just doesn't get out in time and the kraken then eats him basically and then the kind of that's jack sparrow dead basically shock horror um there's before that happens though what i find interesting is there are a lot of knives being planted into wood like people are just, just shoving their knives into wood and for me that is very trans like that sounds that visceral like the actual sound of that is so symbolic of like the betrayal of backstabbing without the backstabbing literal thing happening we're not seeing people actually stab each other we're seeing everyone betray each other and that kind of like vision of like that anger is my backstabbing but not like in a literal way in a metaphorical way literally the betrayal that the crew performed although was it the crew was it just elizabeth um and it's kind of like almost a history repeating itself in which the crew have left him and they've left him again because that happened in the first film before the first film jack sparrow was kind of like de-captain dethroned as a captain and marooned on an island so then that kind of is that and then we see them kind of like mourn jack sparrow's death they go and see tia dharma's character um who is like a well it says found out she's actually the goddess calypso but within this film she's like a uh, what's the word like a, a superman natural person like she just kind of does a lot of weird shit and they go and see her and they're like can you bring him back and it's like okay guys you just killed him but cool and she goes yeah i can and they're like, what? And then Captain Barbosa walks through the door and is like, yeah, we can. And then the film ends. And Captain Barbosa, as we know, died in the first film. So he comes back. Whoa. Crazy. Massive enigma. Massive. Crazy what has just happened. Now, A World's End is the final instalment of this kind of like trilogy. It is nearly three hours long. It's giving Avengers Endgame. It was a very expensive film as well. And I mean, it delivers. There's a lot of special effects. There's a lot of like CGI. There's a lot of um, costume. is crazy. It's just, it's a very, it's a very long film. Now, I don't. Part of me kind of loves this film, but part of me also finds it. It doesn't hold your attention all the way through. I respect the film a lot. For me, out of the three, people always hype up the first one. So, the, the Curse of the Black Pearl as a normal story, as like a roundabout story for me is probably the best structured one because it kind of makes sense it has a beginning middle and end we have like difficulty and then we have success it's just all in a nice kind of order however Desmond's chest gets a little bit more chaotic and i like the films when they get more chaotic because that's making me think and making me go okay wait a second what does everyone want here also previously about the david jones's chest at the start of this film norrington is somewhat he's going back to claim his um whole old position because he's got the chest as far as we were aware jack sparrow steals the heart and puts it in a jar and then he thinks he's got it when i don't think he does and also norrington must have the key to open the chest as well so he kind of like gets away with everything there at the start of the last film he then presents this chest with the heart in and everything to lord beckett and goes there you go you can control davy jones and you can control the sea and he's like yes that's exactly what i wanted the whole time jack is dead at the start of at world's end which is crazy 
but he's not kind of dead he's kind of stuck in like a purgatory state because davy jones like wants his soul so he can't completely die so they try and bring him back and in order to bring him back they have to actually find him so it gets a bit crazy at the start of at world's end because we're starting to see these metaphorical and these supernatural elements becoming literal things you know what i'm going to stop here today I'm going to make it two parts. So that was the end of part one of Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy. I will be back with the part two. So thank you for listening. I've been talking forever and I'm incredibly exhausted now. So don't be afraid to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Movies on My Mind Pod and leave a review, do whatever you want. And yeah, I will see you next time. <laughs>